I'm Damian Bolwa, Director of News at the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, taking a closer look at one of the side effects of the pandemic. Reports of sexually transmitted diseases, including HIV, fell sharply in 2020. But was it a result of lockdowns? Not necessarily. Experts say it may be, with apologies to Donald Trump, less testing means less cases. As Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday writes, people were still getting STDs, many of them just didn't know it. Aaron, welcome back. Thanks for having me back, Damien. Well, thanks for coming on, Aaron. What did you find here? Right. So um, kind of what you what you summed up nicely there, which is, you know, we're we're seeing um, pretty, pretty striking drops in STD cases and reports of STDs um, in 2020. I should add a major caveat to that, um, which is, you know, all of this data is preliminary. And in fact, one effect of the pandemic is we're kind of delayed in in collecting those reports. Um, so we don't really have very firm data from 2020 yet, but what we have in terms of preliminary data, especially from San Francisco, and kind of you know anecdotally, kind of what these these people who follow these trends are seeing, kind of in their own communities, is definitely a big drop off in in the number of reported um, sexually transmitted diseases, including HIV, um, in you know all over the Bay Area. But as you say, I mean, that looks like positive news, but it might not be. And in fact, there may be some downside there. Yeah, in fact, it almost certainly is not. So I think it's it's good to know for context coming into this that STDs have been climbing consistently year over year nationally and in the Bay Area for like five or six years now. So we've seen you know, this trend of these increasing year over year over year for a long time. And why is that? Um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. Um, a lot of it just has to do with kind of you know, diverting some money and resources away from STD health. There's been kind of some issues there. There's actually, this is probably getting too sidetracked, but um, PrEP is is a popular thing now for HIV prevention. People can go on this pill to prevent HIV transmission, which is fantastic, but it's led to a certain group of people who are on PrEP, meaning that they're protected from HIV, then taking less precautions with preventing other types of STDs. So they're not maybe using condoms as much, basically. But all that being said, I mean, there are a lot of complex reasons why we've seen these sort of consistent increases in STDs over the past few years. And again, no reason to expect that that would have stopped in 2020 under normal conditions. Certainly the pandemic, you know, there was a a degree of people being, you know, locked down, sheltering in place, not having intimacy, not having sex for a period of time. But no one really believes that people stopped having sex altogether for that period of time and that we just saw this, you know, complete flattening or a a huge drop off in, in STDs because people weren't having sex. There was definitely more to it than that. All right. Give us a little bit of a sense of the numbers. I mean, what are the drops looking like? So I we only really have, again, firm data for San Francisco. Cases of gonorrhea were down about 25%, syphilis about 7%, and chlamydia by uh, about 40%, down from um, almost 10,000 cases in uh, in 2019 to under 6,000 cases uh, in 2020, uh, we think. And cases of HIV were also down about 20%, um, down to a record low, 132 uh, last year. Okay, but in the beginning of the pandemic, we did talk about how you know, the, the, the lockdown was really tight. Um, there was some talk of maybe people aren't going to be dating. They're not going to be having as much sex. But again, now it's been more than a year. That that didn't necessarily hold up. 
Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think it's important to think about, you know, where we tend to see sexually transmitted infections, which is, you know, generally among younger people, people who aren't in, you know, um, long-term relationships. I mean, this isn't always true. And people who are in long-term relationships certainly can get STDs too. But, you know, in San Francisco, we see a lot of these infections in young people, young gay men, um, you know, men who are having sex with men, um, but also, you know, women, people of kind of all backgrounds who just are having sex at that age. And those folks, just because they're in a shelter in place, you know, they're not going to not have sex for a year. (laughs) So at some point, you know, maybe everybody in March and April and into May was, you know, kind of keeping themselves to themselves. But once, you know, we we sort of saw this is, again, anecdotally what folks were telling me, once we saw these restrictions start to get lifted with the first shelter in place back in the spring and, and early summer, people kind of went back out and started doing their thing again. Um, and they kind of kept that up consistently through, you know, the end of the year and, and still are. But what's really shifted is that they weren't ever getting tested, basically. They weren't, you know, a lot of folks who are young and are having a lot of sex are used to going in for regular screening. They might go in every three months just to get kind of a panel of tests for, you know, various STDs just to kind of, you know, make sure everything's looking good. And they just weren't doing that. Um, And even if they had you know, symptoms, mild symptoms, you know, they might have called up for a telehealth visit and gotten treated for that, but that case wouldn't be counted um, if they weren't actually getting tested. So there's just a lot of reasons why the actual case counts were absolutely dropping. So Aaron, I want to dig a little deeper into the numbers later, but first, can you talk about how this fits in with with pandemic side effects, which we've seen a lot of? I mean, a lot of, of larger health issues have changed as a result of the pandemic and, and, and changed in a lot of really interesting ways. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, we saw the most remarkable perhaps is that we saw almost no flu season this year um, because people were sheltering in place back then. This was during our, you know, the flu season hit really during our winter surge. So people were kind of locked down and not interacting at all. Um, we probably had good vaccine, flu vaccine uptake. We don't really have those numbers yet. But the point is that because of all the COVID restrictions, we saw like really like zero flu. We had no flu season at all. It's crazy to look at the numbers. Um, But on the other side, the downside, you know, we did see, we have seen a big spike in overdose numbers, overdoses from, um, you know, all kinds of street drugs, especially with, you know, the fentanyl, the same stuff that we've been seeing going on. And, you know, those numbers have been increasing year over year too, but they really shot up in 2020. And we think that that's at least, you know, partly due to just kind of the extreme nature of this pandemic and the isolation and the lack of resources. And, you know, people just didn't have access to the same kinds of care that they that they do in a typical year. So that's, you know, that's certainly something that we've already seen the effects of. And looking forward, there's concern that people weren't getting things like cancer screenings, um, and that we might see an increase in not only in cancer cases um, over the next year or so, but more advanced cases because people weren't being detected earlier. So a lot of this stuff is going to play out for years and years. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think we're not going to know the true extent of kind of the the damage done by this pandemic for quite some time. All right, Aaron, let's take a quick break. When we come back, more about the drop in STDs and why this is meaningful. Fifth and Mission right after this. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bolwa, joined by Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday. We're talking about the drop in reported STDs during the pandemic, although, as Aaron explains, it may just be that people aren't getting tested rather than that they're not actually getting the 
STDs. Aaron, let's talk about why this kind of health information is, is so critical. You write that uh, Dr. Ina Park at UCSF said, we may just have to throw away all this data and say that it's not useful. What, why, what are doctors using this kind of trend information for? So I think there's a couple reasons why this this information is important to have. Is and one is as you said for trends for for mm-hmm. us to kind of figure out what's, you know, where what's the sort of trajectory of these things. Um, you know, that we keep our epidemiologists keep a really close eye on this information. I mean, it's the same as with, you know, we've all seen with the pandemic mm-hmm. with COVID. You know, you need to see kind of what the trends are. You need to do testing so you understand if cases are going up. Um, if they're going down, who's getting infected, um, who's not getting infected, and then you can kind of figure out where your resources should go, right? So it's really important that we pay close attention to things like that um, so we know how to kind of best treat these things, best sort of respond to these these outbreaks and these situations. You know, the other aspect is that testing is really a huge component of stopping transmission, um, which is, again, another thing people should be very familiar with with COVID now is you can't know to protect others if you don't know your own status, right? So, you know, we're very familiar with this with HIV prevention. Um, HIV is not curable. We can't cure it. But if you are treated and you can get your viral load low enough, you can't infect others. And so it's hugely important for people with HIV to get tested right away um, and get on treatment right away so that they can kind of continue going about their lives and not worry about infecting others. Um, If people aren't getting tested, then they could just be kind of going out and about and, and spreading this disease without knowing it. And HIV is really, I mean, that's such a huge issue because you know, you're not going to experience symptoms maybe for years um, with with HIV um, after you test positive. Um, you could be infected. You might have an initial kind of vague illness, but then it goes away and you, you might not know it for a long time. But you can definitely be transmitting to others. And obviously, HIV is, it's a chronic disease. It's forever and it, and it can be deadly. So it's, it's just, if we're going to end, you know, the spread of HIV, we need, testing is the first component of that. As important as it is, though, as with a lot of other medical treatments during the pandemic, it did go away, right? There were less resources. Hospitals were not putting as much staff into it. Uh, appointments weren't available. Even some of the uh, things like um, even some of the supplies were redirected, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's. I didn't even know this until I started reporting this. But yeah, things like swabs that you would use for all kinds of STD testing, um, vials that you would use to store swabs, all that kind of stuff that the, the chemicals we use to conduct these tests, all of that was diverted to COVID. I think we all remember that early on in the pandemic and kind of throughout the pandemic, you know, we had these supply shortages for COVID tests because so many, so much testing needed to be done. So they just sent all of these testing supplies. I mean, not all of them, but a lot from, you know, STD and HIV services over to, um, to COVID. And so a lot of places just didn't have those resources. Also, you know, a lot of counties shut down a lot of their STD clinics as they diverted resources towards COVID. Um, you know, STD, uh, public health staff are the experts in contact tracing. They're the ones like that's like a core part of what they do. And so when we set up these big contact tracing teams for COVID, they were the ones who were leading that effort. And so, you know, they're focused on COVID contact tracing. They're not paying any attention. I mean, they can't to to STDs and HIV work, which didn't matter because we weren't testing anybody anyway. All right, let's look forward now. What happens when the resources do start coming back online, when the testing ramps up again, what are going to be the sort of after effects of, of now this last year? 
So I think that's going to be really interesting to look at. Um, Certainly some of the folks I talked to said that they expect to see some kind of a spike in cases um, in the kind of immediate aftermath of the pandemic, um, both from people who are kind of getting caught up on their testing, who maybe got infected with a with a silent STD, something that doesn't have symptoms. So maybe they're finally getting tested and getting screened for that and getting treated. So those cases might pop up. Um, but they're also worried, you know, kind of of people coming out of the pandemic and coming out of this kind of extreme isolation and lockdown and losing their minds a little, <laughs> you know, that they're, they're going to just be like, I have been good. I've been well behaved. I've been, you know, just in my stupid little pod of people, same people for ages. Now I'm ready to get back out there and see other people and be intimate and have sex and, they're not necessarily going to be thinking about condoms and, you know, some of the safe sex things that safer sex things that we talk about. Um, So definitely they're telling those folks, look, everybody wants everybody to go out and have fun and, you know, enjoy kind of going back to normal in whatever way feels right. But they should definitely be getting tested now. People really need to get back in that habit of getting those those regular tests again. So you're saying people might be making up for lost time. Is that the message? That is definitely the message. Yes. All right. Well, let's leave it there. Aaron Alday, that is fascinating. Thanks for doing the story. That's at sfchronicle.com. And thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Damien. Thanks to my guest today. That's Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday. To Erica Carlos for producing this episode. And thank you for listening.